today's episode of the Digging In Podcast. We talk about the story of Elisha. Welcome back to another episode of the Digging In Podcast Lessons From series. I hope this voice is confusing you. In fact, I hope it's really annoying to you because I'm about done with it. (laughs) Sorry, guys, I had to. This new equipment has me all kinds of jacked up. I hope the sound sounds good and I can't wait to actually hear what this sounds like on the actual recording. But hey, regardless, welcome back to another episode of the Digging In Podcast Lessons From series. Hope you guys have been thoroughly enjoying this. And although this series, this this week is kind of weird and confusing as we move through a strange part in Israel's history and through the story of the Bible, uh, I'm really enjoying just the ideas behind a lot of the stuff we're talking about. And so today we're going to continue on with that story of Elijah by talking about his apprentice that simultaneously exists with him uh, in his in his lifetime with the story of Elisha. So when we first read of uh, Elijah, we read about him in 1 Kings 17.1, and then we pick up in 1 Kings 19 after that really weird Mount Sinai incident, and we are introduced to Elisha, and God tells us in that moment, God tells us that it won't be Elijah who gets all the glory, but that soon will come another prophet who will come after him, and it's now Elijah's job to raise up that prophet, and that prophet is Elisha. Then Elijah begins to train up and raise Elisha, and Elisha goes on and takes on a whole bunch of prophetic roles as well. And when Elijah dies in 2 Kings 2, Elisha continues on in the ministry work of being a prophet until his death in 2 Kings 13.21. So that's what our reading is today. So why don't you guys go ahead and pick up your Bible, grab your pen and your paper, and let's dig in. Father God, thank you so much for bringing us together to give us the opportunity to fix our eyes on you. Thank you for the fact that you gave us your beautiful and amazing word and that in your word, you make connections from previous parts of the Old Testament to now and then from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament and from the New Testament back to the Old Testament, from the first book to the last book, from the last book to the first book and then all throughout, God, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of beautiful connections that you give to us to pull together the one giant story of your covenant commitment, your continual, unconditional faithfulness to a recklessly rebellious people to bring about their restoration through your son once in the story of the gospels and then once and for all forever with his second coming. Thank you for the beautiful story of the gospel. Thank you for the beautiful story and the beautiful word that you've provided to us in the Bible. We pray that as we move forward today, you would open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, and open our hearts to love. God, we need you. We love you. All these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys, the story of Elisha. This one is, uh, I was going to say a doozy, but it's really not a doozy. It's just really cool. It's a really cool story. I think that uh, as we watch Israel continually falling down into this downward pit, what we see is that they've left God behind and then chosen themselves, just like in the Judges. And although God remains, God is there, they have chosen their own way, and that their own way is to ignore God. 
And so with that, we watch as Israel goes down and we watch as these few couple people, Elijah and Elisha and a couple of their kings, try to salvage what is left of the faithful people in Israel. But what we read back in the beginning of 1 Kings with the downfall of Solomon is that this division of the nation of Israel is only just the beginning because what really is going to happen at the end of all this is that Israel is going to temporarily be taken into exile in Babylon. It is in Babylon where they will remain for 70-ish years or approximately 70 years as Jeremiah 25 tells us and 29. And in that time period, they will live under the Babylonians and then God will come and rescue them from there. But what we know is that we are headed towards exile and that Elijah and Elisha are some of the prophets that try to bring Israel back around to their understanding and their faith in Yahweh, the covenant God that has been with them since the beginning of time. But uh, honestly, it's, it's just, it sucks because uh, they don't really listen. But nonetheless, here's the story of Elisha. So we read about him starting in 1 Kings 19, right after Elijah goes up to the uh, Mount Sinai to try to replay this whole Exodus thing, uh, basically trying to basically give to us the idea that he is the new Moses. And that's what we learn. He is the new Moses. But wherever there's a new Moses, there must also be a new Bible nerds. Let me hear you answer this question. Who comes after Moses? Joshua. There's a new Joshua. And so Joshua is the one who succeeded Moses, right? Moses was angry and struck the rock. And so he wasn't allowed to enter into the promised land, but instead the next leader would, and that next leader became Joshua. And so in a much similar situation, Elijah won't see any of the fruit of his labor at all, but Elisha might, right? Maybe Uh, he doesn't really, but the idea is that he's the successor of Elijah, And so Elisha's story is is super cool, and there's a lot of really interesting elements within it. But once we hear about him in 19, he kind of takes off. And so he's being uh, trained up. He's the apprentice to Elijah, and he's being trained up the whole time to be a faithful servant of God. Here's a random factoid for you. We saw in the last section with Elijah that he performed eight miracles. And uh, here with Elijah, Elisha, sorry. We're going to see 16 miracles. So if you're ready for 16 miracles and you're ready for the new Joshua story, why don't you go ahead and pick up your Bible, start reading in 1 Kings 19, 16, and go all the way to 2 Kings 13, 21. Make sure you get all the way to that last verse because something crazy happens the last verse. But go ahead and read all of it and then join us back for some more. Right on. Cool stuff in there, right? There's some wild things. I mean, 16 miracles is pretty wild. Maybe you guys counted them all. I would love to just sit here and go through a list, but that's not really what we're doing in this podcast. Remember, I want you guys to be learning from these uh, from these people, these biblical characters. I want you to learn the story and, and know the Bible, but I also want you guys to have an opportunity to learn from these leaders. And so what I want to keep in mind are the ideas of the new Joshua or the new Moses and the new Joshua, right? Because Elijah is the new Moses. And so we can learn a lot of the similar things that we learned from Moses. We can learn those same things with Elijah, right? Elijah's final moments, the final call of Elijah is for all of Israel to return to God, to be faithful to God. 
that's exactly what Moses's final words were in Deuteronomy. He said, I know that you guys probably won't do this, but you need to be faithful. And when you're not faithful, run back into the open arms of God. And so we saw that with Elijah. And so what we're going to see again now is with Joshua is with Elisha. And so it's, it's really an interesting kind of idea. And just to prove this for us, there's this really neat section uh, right at the end of Elijah's life where all the places that Joshua visited, purposefully visited in the beginning of his story, we actually now see Elisha visiting. And so those are Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and the Jordan. Uh, oh, sorry. And yeah, it's, that's right. And the Jordan. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and the Jordan were all visited by Joshua purposefully and are now purposefully being visited by Elisha. So that's kind of cool, right? And then what we see is this really wild crossing the waters. If you open up to 2 Kings, right there, you're going to read this really interesting story of Elijah and Elisha crossing the waters together. And so the new Moses, Elijah, gets to cross across the the waters, which is, you know, different because Moses did not. But what's important here is that there is a deliberate, a purposeful explanation of them crossing the Jordan River again. And so if you remember back in the story of, of Moses and of uh, Joshua, Joshua's first moves right when he becomes a leader is he now gets to, God commands him to cross the water of the Jordan and he's going to part the waters and in parting the waters, they'll walk through on dry land and they'll cross over into the promised land. And that exact same thing happens with Elijah and Elisha. So it's a very purposeful thing to explain the new Moses and the new Joshua. And then What we see here is that right at the same exact timing, right at the same timing of the water crossing, Elijah dies in in 2 2 Kings 2. Um, And so as Elijah dies, there's one little random thing that happens. It seems random, but it's not. And this is the last moment, right? Elisha looks at him and says, please, please don't go. Like, please don't go. And he goes, listen, I have to go. I'm, I'm going to leave. But if there's one thing you can ask of me to do, what is it? And Elisha responds to him in a very like Solomon-esque way, right? Solomon asked for wisdom and received it. And he says, well, I, I would like a double portion of the spirit that you have to be poured out on me. And then Elijah says, well, this is a pretty difficult thing for you to ask, but I'll just say this. If you, can, if you see me, if you watch me being taken from this earth, then you can have it. But if you don't see me being actually taken from this earth, then it won't be happening to you. And sure enough, these chariots come down from heaven and pick up Elijah and they go off up into the heavens. So Elijah never actually dies. We don't, I don't think, you know, if you look at that, he's just riding off into a chariot. That's kind of neat. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's totally cool. Uh, That's weird, but it's super cool. He never actually died. But what happened was is that Elisha actually saw that. Elisha saw that moment, which means that he's going to get a double portion of the spirit that was within him. And what we see with the transfer of power of Moses and Joshua is that same thing. The spirit leaves Moses and enters, the spirit of God enters into Joshua so he can lead. And so now Elisha has the spirit of God within him as he leads. And he goes on to perform all kinds of miracles and all kinds of very prophetic and pretty amazing things until his final moments in his death. 
And so in his death, this is what I wanted you guys to get to, is this moment where it says, right at the beginning of that, of that section in 13, um, since 2 Kings 13, it says, well, it was time when Eli- Elisha became sick with the illness that would take him from this earth. Um, and he tells the king to shoot an arrow out and then it shoots the arrow and says, you're going to win this battle, right? And then another weird thing happens where he like stomps the, the quiver of arrows on the ground and it really weird, but that doesn't really matter right now because what, what's weird is what happens is that he dies and they go to bury him. They dig the grave and they put his body in the hole. But at the exact same time, this group of other people come in and they throw this guy, this dead guy's body, they throw it into the same grave as Elisha. They throw it in his grave. Like, I guess we're just being efficient and using one grave with two bodies. But the body hits the body of Elisha, the dead body, the bones of Elisha. And as soon as his body touches that, he's revived. New life is given. And so Elijah raised a widow's son from the dead. And the dead body of Elisha raises a body from the dead. So that is epic. I mean, that's pretty cool. But this was the new Joshua, right? And so what he does is he, he's trying to, just like Joshua, lead these people into righteousness, lead these people into right living, just like his predecessor, Elijah, was doing, right? We're calling out the evil of the world, calling out the problems that exist, but still they don't respond. That's pretty depressing. I mean, that's not really that great. But here is, guys, here is the, the lesson today. Because the lesson today is that Elijah never saw the people change. But then when he trained up Elisha, he trained him up with the same understanding, the same faith, the same belief that faith in God is the most important thing and that your life should look differently when you believe in God. It should look differently from the rest of the world. And that's okay. Although the culture around us constantly changes, The message of loving God above all things can never, should never, will never change. And although Elijah never saw it, he still trained Elisha that way, even to his last breath. And then Elisha, never seeing any of the fruit of that, continued preaching the same message, continued knowing that faith in God was the only right and true way to live life. And that although his life looked weirdly different, strange compared to everyone else in the world, all the evil rulers and all the terror of Jerusalem, all the selfishness that ran rampant all throughout the world at that time, although all that continued to happen, Elisha never gave up on that same message, that faith in God, believing completely and fully and loving the Lord your God is the only true way to live life. And so my, my challenge to you is to take that lesson to heart, knowing that although the world around you may reject it forever, although the world around you may continually live in an ever-changing, never-ever-good, continually bad, and borderline evil way of living life, although that may happen to the world, that doesn't have to happen to you. Be like Elijah. Be like Elisha in the way that they constantly pursued the Lord. Even in selfishness, even though they had moments of sin, even though they had moments where they stumbled and fell, their love for God brought them back up to their feet as God helped them stand back up. Because the arms of God are always wide open. They're always ready to lift as long as we recognize that we need him. 
Because what we all have to remember is that Jesus didn't come for the righteous. No, he came for the sick. He came for the ones who knew that they needed him. So if we can recognize that we need him on a daily basis, if we can recognize that the world around us is broken and full of sin and at times quite evil, that we just have to keep preaching the message both to ourselves and to the world that God and God alone is the one in control and over all of this and that we just need to return to him to be able to be given a life abundant and full And that way we can have love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and hope that this isn't forever. The moment we're living in is temporary. It's not forever. So have hope and cling to the love and joy and hope of God in heaven. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Digging In Podcast Lessons From series. Join us next time as we leave the stories of these prophets behind and we open back up to the final few kings in the history of Israel.